Leaders are not born in a womb. They are forged through heat, pressure, and a whole lot of sweat. The Fire Forge Leader Podcast serves the audience through exploring leadership at work, in the community, and with the family. Using a practical perspective and real-life experiences from the host, Steve Baumgartner, and his guests in The Forge. Now, it's time to enter The Forge with the Fire Forged Leader. What is up, leaders? Once again, this is Steve Baumgartner, a.k.a. the Fire Forged Leader. And I would just like to welcome you all back today. And really, back to our real talk about lessons that we learn here in the Forge and the front lines of leadership. So today I'm running solo again. I promise people. I'm going to have guests back on this thing again in the future. Actually, this one was supposed to be a guest interview. Uh, but regardless of whether they make it or not, I need to record. But uh, my guest didn't just drop out on me. Uh, my buddy, not going to mention any names, Brad Zuck, uh, got the sniffles and he's bailed on me, right? Um, Brad and his partner, uh, Dan, they run a podcast and they're going to be on shortly, but you know, Brad got the sniffle, so he had to drop out. I guess he was losing his voice, whatever. Sorry, Brad, but you know how it goes. Uh, I can't let you just get away with it. Anyways, enough about that. Uh, today I really want to talk to you about the mindset and the words that we use right? And how that really challenges our mindset. So, you know, we're sitting in February right now. Um, and I've had this one on the docket for a little while and I'm just really getting around to recording it, but over the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, Thanksgiving, you know, all those different holidays, I would hear people say, you know, and really what they were doing is just exchanging some pleasantries at work or out in the community or whatever. But they would say things like, hey, how was your Christmas? Or how was your time off this year? Or something like, hey, I heard you saying you were going to have a bit of a family get together. I bet you that was nice. And then I started thinking about it. And other times throughout the year, I heard people say things like, hey, welcome back. How was your vacation? Or... Hey, it's Monday. How was the weekend, man? Or, hey, I knew that you were going to that baseball or football game. How was that? And, of course, a lot of other things, right? People just trying to get to know us or, you know, connect with us in some certain way. But before I really talk about the responses to those questions, I am just amazed when I stop and think about how big of a messed up pile of goo as humans we really are, right? So those those questions, people are wanting to hear about our successes or our, our joy in life. But rather the type of answers that we bring back to the table is, you know, when someone asks us about Christmas, 
Uh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. What do you mean? Or how was that vacation with your family? Uh, I guess it wasn't horrible. You got a week off to spend time with your family and that's the best that you come up with is, uh, I guess it wasn't horrible. Or even the simple questions about your weekend, right? Uh, it could have been better. What do you mean it could have been better? You had a couple days out of work? Why didn't you make it better? That's my question. What in the world are we talking about when we answer these questions? Leaders, why are we not finding joy in the world around us, whether it's in our families, in our marriages, in our communities, in our work life? Why aren't we finding joy in those time periods? So I'm just going to tell you, when we answer questions like that, when we have those types of mindsets, it's an ungrateful mindset. And it's really one that tricks us into believing that we need to have perfection all the way around us to be joyful or happy or to even be satisfied. Leaders, this is complete bullshit, right? We don't need things to be perfect. When we strive for that much perfection in our lives, what it does is it makes us feel like we're always losing, right? Or if we expect that type of perfection out of our work lives, out of our home lives, whatever, with the people that we're leading, or if we even just use those type of words, whether it be our children or our employees, they also feel like they're losing. And when people feel like they're losing, they ultimately grow into this state of acceptance around losing and they become okay with it, right? I think it's an internal self-defense mechanism, right? That we, you know, okay, okay, I've lost, I've lost every day, but it's okay. I haven't been fired or, you know, they're not so mad at me, whatever the case may be, right? But what it ultimately leads to is that people don't try as much and it creates this ongoing cycle that goes in the opposite direction of where we're really wanting to go. So let's look at a couple different situations, right? The first one that I'm going to bring up, sorry, I got a little something in my eye here. First one that I want to bring up is that is in the workplace, Right. We've all had that one manager in our in our lifetime. You know, that manager who just never seems to be happy with what we accomplish. So let's say that we just set a record day, right? Our people just, they were clicking. They were happy. They were doing what they were supposed to do. Our OEE is the highest it's ever been. And as a supervisor... You know, we're just walking on the clouds. We're proud of our people. We're proud of ourselves. We're proud in our leadership. We've gone out of our way to show our people our gratitude. We've promised them a pizza party at lunch the next day. 
We're standing by the time clock. We're shaking hands. We're kissing babies. And we're just, as each and every one of our team members is leaving, we're thanking them for the effort and the part that they played in this record day. So as a supervisor, you know, any sort of manager, you're generally the one who leaves last. And you go and turn in your paperwork and you stop by to see your boss right after turning in your paperwork. When you stop into your boss's office, you just simply say, hey, just wanted to let you know we broke a production record today. And you go on and you give him your stats. And he barely even looks up from his computer, right? And imagine for a moment how disheartening it can be when he finally looks up and he looks at you and he goes, yeah, I guess it wasn't that bad. But hey, you forgot this report. Can you imagine how your heart just went from being levitating to just drop into your foot at that moment? How about being at home, right? You ask one of your kids to clean their room. After about 30 minutes, they come back. You know, you might be sitting there reading a book or, you know, cooking dinner, whatever the case may be. And they say to you, hey, I got my room clean. I'd like you to come look it over because I'd really like to go to a movie with my friend tonight. You know, it's Friday night. We'd like to spend some time together and go check out this new Avengers movie or whatever the case may be. So you you get yourself up and you go to the room and you notice that, yeah, most everything's picked up. You know, their dresser's clean, their bed's made, all the toys are picked up. You know, they got things stacked here and there. But out of the corner of your eye, you see that one sock that's partially covered by their closet door or whatever. And you say to them, well, it's not really clean until you get all the socks off from the floor. I'm not really sure why you called me in here. In their mind, they're going to be thinking, what's the use? Right? Why did I even try when it's not even being acknowledged? And You know, the measure is not even being achievable in either one of those two situations. Yeah, I'm sure right now we're all stopping and thinking about those types of conversations that we have with the people that we lead, whether it's in the community, at home, at work. And you're probably thinking to yourself, so what do we do with this, right? Maybe I am negative in my thoughts, in my actions. And I'm passing that on to the people that I lead. How do I change this mentality? Well, today I want to share with you a five-step framework. And, you know, this might not be applicable to everybody. I get that. But I'd like to share with you some things that I do to keep a positive mindset. And these aren't in any specific order. They just are what they are. Some things I was thinking about. So number one, I want you to define.
defy at all costs human nature. Human nature states that we need to be negative. I'm not sure why that's built into us. I personally believe that it's because we're strengthened through struggle. And if we don't struggle through this and come to the other side of it, we're not going to be stronger in the end. So defy your nature about being negative. So at night, something that works for me, I believe that your dreams and the thoughts that you have while you're sleeping really set up your thoughts for the next day. So we need to be in control of those thoughts. So one example that I got, I could probably, you know, slip into my negative mindset about my wife and stop and think about a hundred things that she did wrong today. How is that setting me up for success in my marriage? It's not. It's absolutely not. So what I've gotten in the pattern of doing, and I don't do this every night, but there is a definite difference in between the nights that I do it and the nights that I don't. But the nights that I take on this tactic, what I do is my wife and I will lay down and for whatever reason, she sleeps on one side, I sleep on the other You know, and when I'm talking about side, I'm talking about side of the body. And generally what we do is we start off and our faces are looking at each other. So when we're laying there in bed, I look at my wife, even the times when she's snoring gracefully, I'll sit there and I will, I'll just say a short prayer, right? I'll thank God for the different positive attributes that he's given my wife for being a caring mother, for being an attentive wife, taking care of all of us, being intelligent enough to be able to homeschool our children in a manner in which they grow exponentially to be able to take on all of the stressors of the day and still have enough left in her tank for her family every day. And the list goes on and on, but I sit there or I, excuse me, I lay there and I look at my wife and I try to get my mindset around the positives. Then the other part of this is that in the morning, you know, after we've had our mindset shift throughout the night in our dreams, I like to take a little bit of an inventory in the beginning or in the beginning of the day. And really set my head straight. So generally when I get up, you know, there's, I get into different patterns. Sometimes I take a shower first thing, depending on the weather. Sometimes I go and work out first thing, depending on the weather. But either way, what I do is if I go to the shower, I have a little bit of prayer time in the shower and I stop and I think about the things that I need to be grateful for. If I go and work out first, I'm getting my workout clothes on in the morning and I take that time to do the exact same methodology and I have this prayer of gratitude that I do. And it really shapes my thoughts for the entire day. So just to recap on that one, defy your nature about being negative. 
at night, get your thoughts set up for the next day. In the morning, straighten out your thoughts. So the second thing is, is simply take some time before you respond to people, right? And this probably goes into defining your nature about being negative a little bit, but I believe that it's a statement all of its own as well. You don't have to respond right out of the gate. If you do, you have a high probability it's going to be the wrong thing. So when you take that space, when you don't talk right away, what it does is it allows you to get a couple seconds to think about the positive in the situation and then respond with that positive. So it reminds me of when my wife was teaching and she used to tell me about these, these things that she called shit sandwiches, right? And it was when she needed to talk to, to parents about their kid and there might be something going on with her, with this kid, but she would really set up her mindset correctly. And what it ended up doing was it ended up allowing her to bring up something but also have it enveloped in positives to where the parents really didn't feel like she was beaten up on the kid, right? We can always find positives. So for example, you know, little Jimmy's in class and he talks too much, you know, she might say some things like, Hey mom, dad, you know, uh, little Jimmy, he's, uh, you know, he's, a." just awesomely creative kid. You know, he comes up with the greatest ideas and, you know, has a lot of energy and things like that. Uh, we could probably, you know, sit down with him a little bit and talk to him about not being so disruptive during class, but I don't want to take away from his energy and his excitement and things like that. So that's a really short example. She was, she's much better at, these sandwiches than I am. But, you know, she started with a positive, talked about what needed to be addressed, and then finished up with a positive. And what she did was she gained partnership in that so that she could bolster that up, but also address the issue in the middle. So take time before you respond and really look at those positives. The third one is, is, Let's start changing our language, right? And a couple examples along that route is instead of looking at things like, you know, if your employees bring an idea to you, a lot of times what we get in the mindset of is, you know, what's the worst that can happen, right? We start looking at all those risks and, uh, and just, horrible outcomes. And, you know, this is a survivalist nature, I guess, um, you know, that's wired into us. But, you know, what if we were to look at every situation that we're in now, because we're not running away from saber tooth tigers anymore. Yes, there's dangers out there and we need to think of those, but in most situations, it's not life or death anymore. So what if we were to think about it is what is the best possible outcome if I do this, right? So now it gets you to looking at those positives. 
Another example is when we when we have that mindset of, well, it wasn't that bad. What if we were to change it to it it was really good, right? And here are some of the things that were awesome. And here's some things that I'm going to work on and make it even better next time. So change your language, right? Fourth thing is, is let's raise up or bolster those positives. So for a work example, or in the previous work example, if the boss was to say, instead of, you know, yeah, it was, it was good, but, you know, we could have done this better. How about he says, hey, I hear you're ordering pizza for the great day that you, your team had. You know, that's awesome. But why don't you let me get that, you know, as a work expense in appreciation for all the effort? And, you know, as a supervisor, I get you are probably on cloud nine, right? High on life when you uh, when your team hit that record. So I really get, you know, you're missing this report. But uh, when you get a couple minutes, could you get that knocked out for me, please? I really need that report, you know, really so that I can celebrate your successes. And again, you know, share my gratitude with your team. And I'll be down there when we serve them pizza and just let them know how great of a job they did. That certainly portrays the same message and in a much more positive light that they'll want to do it again. Or another example, you know, when we look at that bedroom cleanup example, hey, son, you know, you're. Your room's really looking awesome. And most certainly you could go to the movie. You know, I appreciate you putting forth effort. But before you do, can you make sure you get that one sock? You know, you may have missed it over there uh, right by the door. Can you make sure that gets the hamper? I would appreciate that tremendously if you could do that. And then, you know, it's just spotless after that. Right? How much of a different attitude is your son or daughter going to have? to clean in their bedroom after that. And then last but not least, number five, we need to remember as human beings that perfection is generally unattainable, right? And we need to look at the progress that we're making. You know, a lot of people like to throw it out there and I 100% agree with it. Progress is greater than perfection. And we need to keep this in mind. Is the situation better than the time before? Simply, if the answer is yes, you're winning, right? If it's better than it was last time, you're winning. So just to recap those five different things in this framework, define your nature about being negative. Two is take time before you respond. This allows us to look at the positive. Number three is let's change our language. Number four is let's bolster up the positives. And then number five, last but not least, 
is progress is greater than perfection. Let's focus on the progress and not the perfection. So once again, I'm asking you to pay this forward, right? To pay the piper. And if you appreciate what you heard here today, give me that rating and review, right? That really helps bolster this. uh, (laughs) I've used the word bolster a lot of times. It elevates this platform, this podcast up to where more people see it. When you give that rating and review, you can do that on episodes. You can do it on the overall show. And you can do it on whatever podcasting app you're currently listening to this podcast on. And I want to invite you back to The Forge next week and all of the weeks coming forward as we explore all these different leadership concepts, you know, and just explore other guest thoughts and perspectives on different things. There's going to be some things that you agree with and some things that you don't agree with. But open your mind to new concepts. If you don't agree with them, you don't have to implement them. But at least give them a chance. So we're going to be having a lot of good guests on here as time goes on. And you won't want to miss an episode. So make sure that you're also hitting that subscribe button on whatever podcasting app you're currently listening on. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye for the day. And I just really appreciate everybody getting on this podcast, listening to these concepts, and really using them to become better leaders in your homes, in your community, and in your workplace. I appreciate you once again. And I'll see you next time here in the Forge. You have just experienced the heat and pressure of the Forge. Remember, words without action are meaningless. Now, after the heat of the Forge, shape your thoughts, quench your brain, then put your new tools to use, adding to your leadership. Tune in next week for more lessons from the Forge.